Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast episode 101. Fredo Esparza here. This week we will re- be recapping Triple Mania 26, which had a big uh, mask match and a big mask versus hair match. Um, also a title change on there. We'll be remembering Viano Tercero, who passed away recently. We will be previewing the CML anniversary show, plus some of the new other news that came from the CML press conference from a couple of um, days ago. And I'll be recapping the August 4th Mexa Wrestling Show, which I thought was actually pretty good. Um, the entire show wasn't posted on, on Mas Lucha's YouTube channel, but it was enough where um, it was a pretty fun show. There was some stuff that I wasn't really into, but I would say for the most part, it looked like it's a show that I would recommend watching. Um, so I guess we should get started with Triple Mania 26, which happened on August 25th from Arena Ciudad de Mexico. It was it was actually a really long show. Um, they actually started it. W- it aired live on Twitch, and I'm sure they're going to put it on their TV show. Um, they'll be put, posting it on YouTube via their you know their TV show that they put every week. I would guess in the I guess pretty soon they'll start posting it because they're already they're already doing the next tapings. They have a lot of tapings in the com- upcoming days. I think they have three over this upcoming weekend uh, from what. September 7th through the 9th and then there's a, another one like two like a, two weeks later so they, they've triple A's been pretty busy but um triple mania I think it started 3 p.m pacific time they started with like a, a pre-show to the pre-show where they basically had interviews and a lot of shots of the of the empty arena since nobody was there they were just setting everything up so I think it started about 5 p.m pacific the actual pre-show started um, the opening match for the pre-show was Dragon Bane, Astrolux, Freelance, beating Aramis, Drastic Boy, and Latigo. This was a really fun match. I think there was like only like a couple of moments where they um, they got a little sloppy. Freelance, I think, missed a missed a, a move, but it wasn't anything that was that noticeable because they made up for it with a lot of craziness, um, a lot of cool dives. Freelance ended up winning the match for his team as he used a top rope reverse Frankensteiner on Aramis to get the win. Um, really good. Uh, I do recommend that match. I would say that was probably one of the better matches on the show. Um, it's Hopefully it does make it onto the TV show. For those of you who aren't subscribers to um, Twitch, 
I should mention this also. If you're a Twitch, um, if you have Amazon Prime, that's how I ended up getting becoming a Twitch subscriber for the. They let you pick one YouTube, one Twitch channel to like subscribe to. So I ended up just picking um, AAA for the month. Um, I don't know if that's going to continue because somebody sent me a, a, an article about how they were going to discontinue it for whatever, but I was able to do it. So I don't know if it's, maybe it's an old article or maybe it's something that's just talking about a, a, a change coming up. But, you know, I really just want to watch Triple Mania. And I was probably, that was probably going to be the one show I would definitely watch live from AAA. So, and like I said, the pre-show, the opening match was really good. They followed that up with a Viano 3 um, getting inducted into the AAA Hall of Fame. Dorian Roldan and Maricela Peña Roldan were joined by Viano 3's widow and his two sons, Viano 3 Jr. and Hijo de Viano Tercero. They were actually also at the, the CMLL show the previous night, which was Friday, August 24th, to um to have an, an, an a moment of um, applause for him for their for um, Viano Tercero. I thought both promotions did a very nice job handling this. They let their they allowed guy they allowed guys who aren't part of the promotion to be on those shows. So I thought that was a really classy thing. Putting aside all the politics, I thought that was really cool. Um, the second match on the show, the second match on the pre-show was Sammy Guevara beating Australian Suicide, ACH, and Shane Strickland to win the AAA World Cruiserweight title. Um, I thought this match was a little bit sloppy. It wasn't horrible or it wasn't bad. I just thought it was it was okay. But um, there was some stuff that I wasn't really a fan of, like Shane Strickland at one point messed up and he rather than um you know just continue doing the move he kind of played it up to the crowd and i kind of think that kind of hurt that it kind of hurt it kind of made him look a, a little unprofessional at that point i'm sure it was just him like playing up his his um his role or whatever but it just didn't look that good then at the very end of this match they had um killer cross run in and attack everyone except australian suicide he ended up giving Australian Suicide a mad t-shirt. Um, Australian Suicide didn't agree to it at that point, but he did later on on the show as he ended up being part of mad. He accompanied them to the ring with um later um, in the during the during the main Triple Mania show. Um, but you know the match was actually okay. I mean, I don't think it was. I think these guys kind of. I think some of these guys kind of took it as them being on the pre-show and not really caring, and they really weren't going to be able to match whatever the, the opening match guys did because the opening match guys were really good. So then we ended up getting the the second induction for the AAA Hall of Fame, which was Dr. Alfonso Morales and Gran Apache. At this point, the, the live feed actually started having some technical issues. So I don't think anybody could understand or, or, read or see what was going on because some of the video was pixelated. Some of the some of the audio couldn't be heard because of all the all the technical technical issues. I think um, AAA posted it on YouTube later on. I thought they they did an they did, they did an okay job. It wasn't it was I don't think anybody was expecting anything to um it it wasn't something that that was I don't know I mean it, it's the Hall of Fame so I think for us lucha fans we kind of like it but at the same time there's a lot of a lot of people who aren't. You know, who are more casual fans are, that are just going to watch Triple Mania that one time or watch one AAA show, it's Triple Mania. And I don't think they really, you know, I think they were more concerned about the technical issues. And they actually took like 15 minutes trying to figure out what was going on. And they finally fixed it for the for the main show, which I thought was really, a, a, you know, I didn't have as many issues. At first, I kind of thought some of the issues were my own internet. But I later, um, I, I think a couple of people were mentioning that they had technical technical issues later on, like the little circle would show up that, you know, that the stream wasn't really working. I thought it was my internet. 
but um it wasn't as it wasn't as as frequent as other times where i'm watching a feed and it just constantly happens this one wasn't that bad it happened i think once or twice like later on the show and then like i think in the main event like towards the end it just like it, it kind of had that little issue but it wasn't it wasn't during the the match itself it was like when when all the the post match stuff happened or actually even before the post match stuff happened it was somewhere in between you know the pinfall and 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 hijo fantasma unmasking there was like a little bit of a brief um glitch but you know it worked fine the rest of the time um the first match on the main show was nino hamburguesa and big mommy beating uh, hijo hijo vikingo vanilla vargas dinastia and lady maravilla and angelical and la yedra to retain the triple a world mixed tag team titles i thought this was a really good match nino hamburguesa and big mommy they're not the greatest workers, but they know how to work the crowd, and the crowd loves them. And I thought they the way they did this match, they worked it perfectly with them doing the big dives, um, getting the big moments, the big plancha, everything that they got to do. They you know just to get the crowd reaction to to be positive towards you know the match itself. I thought they did a great job. Hijo Vikingo looked fantastic as always. Vanilla Vargas had one of her had an unfortunate moment where she hit a tope, and I think she might have like like hit landed awkwardly or hit it incorrectly. Because uh, she she kind of seemed down for a bit, and you could see some of the medical staff show up, like go check on her, and then you saw Vampiro ringside kind of check on her. I should mention also before I continue that I was watching the the feed in Spanish. Um, a lot of people who complained about the the Triple Mania show were watching um, the English announced English feed, which had the English commentary with um, Vampiro and Matt Stryker. Matt Stryker. Those guys, you know, I don't know why you guys keep doing it. If you're still watching that. You have an option of listening to like, if you don't understand Spanish and you have the option of not understanding Spanish or listening to two guys like act like complete idiots on the show, on commentary, you're better off just not understanding anything and watching it in Spanish. Because, you know, it's, I, I thought, I thought the guys in Spanish were so much better. I, I understood, you know, the benefits of being bilingual, I understood everything they were saying. So I could actually get away with not watching that stuff and still enjoy it. Getting back to the match, Vanilla Vargas actually, um, got hurt. But she was fine enough. She, she came back and she actually continued to wrestle. Um, I still think she kind of looks a little green in the ring because at certain points she kind of looks a little lost. Uh, but the guys in the match really did a nice job. La Yedra, I mean, I don't know what's happened to La Yedra where she's kind of become a, a good base for guy for not just not just the women but for the for the smaller luchadors the male luchadors where they could hit um, dives on her and she'll catch them um, that's the one thing she really does well um, I think I would have liked to have seen her team up with um hijo uh, with Viano three Jr. but um Angelical was perfectly fine in this I thought it was a fun match good way to get the crowd going for this really really enjoyable the next match the fourth match was El Bandido and Flamita beating Loretto Kid and Golden Magic. Aerostar and Drago and DJZ and Andrew Everett in a four-team ladder match where they became the number one contenders to the AAA World Tag Team titles. I thought this match, I thought this was the best match on the show for myself personally, as far as my preference. And I'm not, I'm not a big ladder match fan, but um, I like these guys as far as the, you know, doing crazy dives and, and working a faster pace of match. I really enjoy that style. Um, so I really liked this match. I really enjoyed it. Um, Drago looked like he was hurt entering the match he had he, he has been dealing with a shoulder injury and i think he might have he might have um re-aggravate aggravated that injury again after this match because he did some crazy stuff um some of the ladders looked really flimsy um kudos to the guys for like holding the um the ladders at certain points making sure the guys didn't get um didn't even get 
didn't um you know it wasn't a, a greater risk to their um health um i thought that i think at one point djz was holding one of the ladders and and held it for a very long time um they did do some spots where you know like if the guy was holding the ladder the ladder they'd actually kick adam and make it come across like it wasn't something that was just like oh this guy's holding a ladder um they were actually doing stuff like somebody would be climbing the ladder and some guy would hold the ladder to make sure he you know like he would act like he's grabbing his leg or something reaching it for him or whatever or the other guy would be kicking at him i really liked the aerostar in this match he did a really nice job i think he he ran on the top portion of the of the ladders at one point to do a spot and i thought that was really really cool um just a really crazy match highly recommend it i don't think i could do it justice um this match, I mean, should have had money thrown for it just because I think it was that mu- that good. I think AAA's had um, this match and the Bandito Flamita Phoenix match from a couple of weeks ago. These two matches, I think if they were anywhere else on any other show, they would have had, like, people would have been marking out for it, rave reviews. They would have gotten, like, money thrown for them and stuff like that. But instead, they kind of got, they kind of seemed like they, they, they were, they, this, these guys got a reaction this match, but it kind of felt like there was points where um, you could have, I think they could have got a little more of a reaction. After that, we had Conan accompanied by Mad, um, including the newest member, Australian Suicide. They came out and confronted Vampiro, who was on commentary. Um, Vampiro wouldn't get in the ring because he was waiting for the music, his music to get queued up, and it never did. And instead of him just like, you know, motioning to it or whatever, he kind of like, he cursed on, you know, on, on, on the mic. And it kind of just, it just makes it look so bad. It looks so unprofessional. And it was funny because um, Matt Stryker pointed out how, how professional Vampiro was. I, I'm sure he was joking because at, at certain points, like if you watch, there's a YouTube video where they just show you all the, the worst of um, Vampiro and Matt Stryker in commentary. Although it's the worst of tri- Triple Mania, but really this is more, this was part of it. And they kind of, you kind of like look at, at certain points where Matt Stryker's already worn out. You know, and it's like what six hours of being a sitting there with Vampiro, listening to his nonsense. I can't, I can't imagine anybody really enjoying that. Um, anyway, so Vampiro got in the ring, and Conan and Vampiro agreed to a match where a loser not only leaves AAA but Mexico. I don't know. Do we really want to see this singles match? I'm guessing it's going to be one a gimmick match where everybody, like everybody from Mad AAA members, get involved. And that's the only way this could smoke and mirrors, a lot of smoke and mirrors. I don't really look forward to this match. I'm not that thrilled about it. And I'm sure there's other stuff that they could be doing besides this. There's some casual fans that I'm sure that are going to want to watch it. Nostalgia fans are probably going to want to watch it. I'm not one that wants to watch this. Uh, I, I didn't want to watch this 15, 20, 30 years ago. I don't want to watch it now. Um, so, you know, this is this is kind of like, that was the segment where I actually just had to like, that was my break time during that segment. Um, the fifth match was Poder del Norte in a three-way versus Las Fresas Salvajes, Maximo, Mamba, Mamba and Pimpinela Escarlata. Poder del Norte actually won this match and they, they beat Las Fresas Salvajes and they also beat Team Elite, which featured P- Puma King, Hijo de Ali Park, and Taurus. I thought this match was... It was okay. I thought... Puma King and Taurus really worked hard considering this is like their big match. You know, this is Puma getting an opportunity to like be one of those guys who gets to work the anniversary, but also gets to work on Triple Mania. 
So I think he kind of took it as something that he really wanted to do, and he looked good. Um, I thought Torres looked good also. The rest of the guys didn't really look particularly interesting. Uh, this could have used a Parker Negra run-in. Um, yeah, you know, it was just a, it was an okay match. Way better than the next match. The next match was was the OGTs beating Team Elite of Juventus Guerrera, Jack Evans, and Teddy Hart in a Lumberjack match. Um, this was really bad. Um, the Lumberjacks, I thought, were pretty good, but they didn't go enough. This should have been a comedy match where they just had guys just being constantly getting thrown to the outside and, and getting whipped. That didn't happen enough. Um, they did get a couple moments where they all did go outside, and you know the referee even at one point got got whipped a few times by the by the lumberjacks. But you know it wasn't that good. It was horrible actually. This was the one match that I thought was really bad in, on the entire show. At the end of the match, they had Poder del Norte do a run in to attack um, Los OGTs to revive their feud. And while that is all going on, we said we see who um, t- uh, Jack Evans and Chessman having like a little like legit fight in the ring where you see Averno kind of like just land like lay on top of both of them to like stop them but you still see them like kind of still trying to like hit each other um you knew something was up because Jack as soon as he broke free from Chessman he he walked out and he was gone I don't know maybe it's maybe it's Chessman defending um La Parca and he he wanted to get something in on Jack Evans there's been a lot of guys from AAA who've been you know the guys who have who never left who are kind of like crapping on the guys who have left so you know i kind of get a feeling that was that was part of it the seventh match was a match that i think if you on paper i thought this was going to be like something i was going to skip um it was los mercenarios the first time they're they're as a group tejano jr ray scorpion and la mascara and they beat the triple a team of pagano joe leader murder clown in a street fight now like i said i thought this match was going to be something i would I was totally going to skip. I ended up watching it. And I thought this might have been like the second or third best match on the card. Some people have said it was the best match on the card. Um, it's possible because it was a wild street fight. I thought it was really good. You know, considering who was it, who were the technical side and the fact La Mascara was on this. I think this might have been La Mascara's best uh, trios match like in a long time. Um, he, he, they really did a nice job of like immediately everybody was bleeding. Ray Scorpion was bleeding from his elbow. Joe Leader's face was bleeding a lot. Um, I think La Mascara had a, had some. I think his arm might have been bleeding also. I know, um, like, I think Pagano was later on, but it was like a really wild brawl. Uh, Pagano brought in a, a, a shopping cart, and he ended up being in the shopping cart and then getting drop kicked out of the shopping cart. Um, I thought that was a cool spot. Um, they actually brought out fire. Um, they used. They they lit a they lit a table on fire and it it didn't look like that big a deal at, at when I first saw it I was like man you know that's not a lot of fire um, it only had like the, the 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 cloth that they used to like let, let add a little fire to the table um, it kind of seemed it was just the cloth I think maybe it was like the angle the camera angle that they that we didn't get properly you know the other thing about about um what what started I think it started in this match. And it ha- happens in, on every AAA show. Whenever somebody is is going to go for a blood, like they blade, it's suddenly like, like suddenly some camera guy shows up with and, and like gets the shot right there and you see the guy holding the blade and cutting himself. Or, or you see him like doing the motioning. You know, you might not see the blade, but you'll see him motioning that he's doing it. And it's like AAA has to figure out, you know, they, they got to cut away from that because it makes it look so cheesy. It looks really bad. 
and and they caught La Mascara at that point in that match, and they they end up catching a couple of other people later in, on the show, um, doing that. But um, this match was like getting back to the fire. I didn't think the fire looked that big, and again, like I said, it might have been the camera angle. But um, as soon as Pagano and Rey Scorpion went through the table, Rey Scorpion's back lit up, and I was like, "Holy crap! There was a there was enough fire." Uh, but you know that was a that was a very interesting uh, scene. I'm not a big death match or street fight match fan. Um, street fights are different for me. It's street fight. I always think of it like the '80s and stuff like that. Death match is very different. This is more. This kind of was more in the middle. It was a street fight, but also it had some death match components to it with the fire and um, the weapons that were used, the over the top weapons like the shopping cart and stuff like that. Um, and then like to, at the end, Tejano Jr. lit up um, his 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 bull rope and was gonna whip Joe Leader with it, but uh, I think he kind of missed most of Joe Leader with it but he still like Joe Leader still sold it and he he got the pin um I, I didn't really see the 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 it, how much he missed because I just I was just I just noticed he lit it up and then I, I think I looked down and to type something up and but you know uh, it, it, it was fine I mean I thought I thought it did a the match itself that wasn't that wasn't going to kill it for me because I thought it was really interesting a really good match very entertaining um the crowd really liked it um, that's the most important thing they had a pretty good crowd for this and 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 they they looked entertained uh, the the post match they actually had Pagano going out on an ambulance, but the rest of the team and the mercenarios were still brawling in the backstage. Um, Samoano was there for the match and also in the backstage scene. I I don't know if he's part of the mercenarios. I would assume he is because uh, he's with them all the time. But yeah, this was probably the, one of the better matches on the show. I would say it's probably the for me it was probably my second favorite match on the show or maybe the third because I would say the. The, the main event actually might have been the the better the better match. After that, we actually had a, a little change to the lineup as they switched around the title match with the the mask versus hair match. Lady Shawnee beat Fabia Apache to win her hair. Match was I thought I thought it was disappointing. Really, I was expecting more from both of them, and the problem that this match had was that AAA overbooked everything around it. Um, they clearly didn't have any confidence in the women to have a good singles match or to get a reaction. And, you know, it's surprising because both women bled. And again, we saw the camera catch the women, you know, blading. So there's another issue. And uh, But, you know, they did a lot. They were. They, I thought this would have been a good match just letting them do it. You know, maybe like a little bit, one minor spot where somebody interferes and they, they stop it. Uh, but no, this was basically, uh, I think... Taurus was uh Taurus got involved quickly, then La Parca got involved, then um, the other second got involved. The referees, two referees, got involved and actually had a match. Like amid at certain points, it looked like there was two matches going on because uh, when when Taurus got involved, La Parca was in there and they actually were fighting while while Fabia Apache and Lady Shani were on the other end of the of the ring fighting, and then like they had. Um, when the referees were going at it, they were both doing wrestling spots, so it kind of looked it kind of looked stupid. Um, but I thought it was I thought that I think I thought the ma- match was very underwhelming. Could have been a lot better. Um, I was expecting this to match um, the Princessa Suhei Zuxi's mass match. Really, I thought this this should have been at that level, even possibly even better, just because I'm very high on Fabi Apache as a worker, um, and she's I mean she really is good. But it's like, what can you do when AAA is overbooking everything? Um, so I thought that was I thought that was the downfall. The cool thing is, um, I was really surprised at, at Fabi losing. I was expecting Lady Lady Shani to lose just because I always 
there's I just think she's probably she's she looks like she could be good looking and it's like you know in wrestling with what's going on with women the the WWE bringing in all the women every year I would think she would be somebody that they would consider at some point um, or she should at least be somebody that she that that's in their um you know as somebody that they, that that's on their radar um fabby i was surprised just because i didn't expect her to get her head shaved and she got her head completely shaved so i thought that was really really cool she's she's doing the whole um headband thing now since that so you know i thought that was that was like a, a cool moment but like i said the match itself was underwhelming the ninth match was phoenix beating jeff jarrett brian cage and rich swan to win the triple a world mega heavyweight title this was really surprising. I don't know if it was surprising because I think it's more surprising considering where we were maybe like six months ago with Phoenix. Um, six months ago, six months ago, I think no one expected Phoenix to return to AAA. I think it was around the time Conan returned where people started maybe thinking, and that might have been six months, but um, a year ago, I mean, they, they the whole legal issue behind this behind them, and the fact that Phoenix called working for AAA compared it to slavery. I kind of thought that was hilarious that now he's the AAA World Mega Heavyweight Champion. I thought this match was actually pretty good. It had Jeff Jarrett and Jeff, but Jeff Jarrett stayed out a little bit. Um, he made he kind of just picked his spots to just build up the heat for um you know for everyone else. Um, I thought Phoenix and Cage carried the bulk of the match. Um, Swan did some stuff, but I think Phoenix and Cage were the two main guys. I really thought the finish was interesting. Um, Jarrett was on his way to win and needed a referee to count. And who should walk out? La Parca. only La Parca is limping so it's supposed we're supposed to believe it's Conan dressed as La Parca. only when he gets in the ring and doesn't count for Jeff Jarrett it's revealed that it is actually Dr. Wagner Jr. pretending to be Conan dressed as La Parca. so then he gets involved Phoenix gets ends up beating Jarrett with a cutter and Phoenix is the new AAA world mega heavyweight champion Really surprising considering what's going on with um, Phoenix working CMLL and, you know, his past with AAA. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see the anniversary and see Phoenix, who just won the AAA World Mega Heavyweight title, be in on that CMLL show in the semi-main event. One of the, one of the you know, top two matches on the show. So top three matches on the show. So, you know, very, very um, interesting. Um, the main event, you know, the main, main event was a Poker de Aces cage match that included LA Park, Hijo del Fantasma, Pentagon Jr., and Psycho Clown. The stipulation was that the cage, all four would have to wrestle in the cage, and then the first two out of the cage would save their mask, and then the final two in the cage would then wrestle a singles match with their mask on the line. What they did was, as soon as the, 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 the first two guys got out, they raised the cage and they just had a regular match. Pentagon Jr. and Psycho Clown left. I think they might have been in the, in the cage for like five minutes. Uh, but I think Pentagon Jr. was probably like the, the shortest run, AAA run um, on this show. I mean, for, for all that buildup, well, you know, it's a name. They probably just needed a name in there and his name was bigger than... I think there was a little bit more of a... You know, there was more of a possibility that he would drop it than, like, say, Blue Demon Jr. or somebody, somebody like that. And the match would have been a lot, it was a lot better with Pentagon Jr. also. L.A. Park and Neil Fantasma end up having their match. I thought it was one of the better matches on the show. One of the top three matches. Hijo del Fantasma, he did a good job. L.A. Park did a really good job also. They brawled all over the building. All over the, the ringside area, I mean. 
Um, they they didn't have as much of a crazy. They didn't have the craziness that that say like a psycho clown match would have had. Uh, this was more of or Ali Park when he wrestles Roosh. This was more of in the ring. Oh, I should mention um, during Phoenix's match. Before we get to that, Phoenix hit a tope on Marcela Pena, and everybody rushed towards the the ringside area to check on her. He hit a tope on, on Marcela Pena, and I think a couple of the other women that are in the first row. I don't know if Marcela was there for the main event, but uh, there was points where I was wondering if she could have caught LA Park because LA Park hit a couple of topes at Hijo Fantasma. Um, I thought this was a good match. And, you know, LA Park surprises everyone and beats Hijo El Fantasma. Hijo El Fantasma unmasked as Jorge Luis Alcantar Boli, 34 years old with 18 years of, ex- of wrestling experience as pro, as a pro wrestler. Really cool. Um, he had his he had his dad Fantasma Senior, who's also the Boxing Lucha Commissioner, uh, one of the Boxing Lucha Commissioners, and his little son was there also. His little son stared stared down Ali Park. He did the gimmick of like he's gonna challenge him at some point. You never know. Ali Park might still be around, and then Ali Park made the show. He pretty much made the show what it was. Turned made it made it from a good show to a great show with his post match promo, which was awesome. First of all, once once Hijo Fantasma unmasked, he got his name wrong and called him Jose Luis instead of calling him Jorge Luis, which was awesome. And then he started ripping on Fantasma Senior for being um for the for what he did with uh when he was um dealing with his, his own you know his own gimmick as La Parca a couple years ago and challenged him to a mass match, which you know Fantasma Senior supposedly had a heart attack recently. I think this would be just as bad of an idea also if AAA thought of this being a, a possibility, which we later found out it wasn't. L.A. Park not only continued to rip everyone, he then also said that he doesn't even work for AAA and he just won the mask of one of their um, guys. So as, as L.A. Park is starting to wind down his promo, who should walk in? Dr. Wagner Jr. And he's walking to the ring slowly. L.A. Park yells on the mic, hurry up people are leaving already so um he said it in a little bit more of a colorful you know language so dr wagner jr comes in and challenges la park to a mass versus hair match a lot of people didn't really care about this Uh, a lot of people thought that la park didn't care about it la park basically told him that he was going to do it just because he wanted to show him what it's like to defend a mask so this mask match is being built. Mask versus hair match is being set up for the next main event for Triple Mania 27 for next year. I don't know how excited people are about that. Um, at one point, LA Park flipped off uh, Tirantes, Hijo de Tirantes. There was a lot of involvement, by, by the way, by Hijo de Tirantes and on all the every single match. Basically, there was a lot of involvement from from him. But he kept bur- he just buried Dr. Wagner Jr. Just kept talking about how he. He, you know, he couldn't defend his mask, and it, it was it was just a, a major burial. And I thought I thought that was kind of, you know, Wagner afterwards was like, well, you know, he's he has a right to say whatever he wants. He was the one that won, and tried to like get out of the the grave that he was that the Alley Park dug him into. Um, but you know, I don't know about that mask versus hair match. I don't know if people are that excited about it. Uh, I'm sure they're going to mention something else at some point that that will be the the, the, the other big match on that show. Um, they got time. This is basically the, the match they're setting up to like hype for the upcoming couple of months. Then they'll co- probably come up with something sometime in March, you know, February, March. They'll come up with something else to hype as well. 
Um, but you know, I thought the show was good. It was it was rather long. Um, I could have done without that one, those two, um, the the three way trios match and the the the, the lumberjack match. I could have done without those two, and probably the the cruiserweight match. I think they, if they would have done done seven matches, I think it would have been a, a really good show. Yeah, so that's that was Triple Mania. Uh, where does it go from here? Um, Ali Park still is, you know, he's still, you know, the fact, you know, the other thing is the fact that they did the Dr. Wagner Drew Ali Park challenge. This now puts into the, um, this kind of just puts in limbo the Ali Park Roosh match because you would think if they were going to do it for anniversary, it would be then. But now they, they might have to do it before that or, you know, maybe they they just won't do it at all. We don't know. You know, it, it, I thought it was a good, like I said, Triple Mania, good show. Yeah, that was that was Triple Mania. Word goes, Phoenix Phoenix has the new AAA World Mega Champion, LA Park, the the winner of the big mask match, uh, and both these guys will be wrestling on the anniversary on September fourteenth. So that's that's really strange, considering considering they're going to be working it for the competition. Um, just you know, it's two thousand eighteen Lucha Libre. So as I mentioned earlier, with um the Viano three being honored on Triple Mania. Uh, Viano 3 passed away on Tuesday, August 21st from a brain hemorrhage at the age of 66. Um, really, you know, I think this was very, the reaction to it was very, um, you know, so many people remembering him. Just Not just because of, of what a great wrestler he was. Uh, one of the top luchadors, you know, of all time, really. I would say he's, you know, I would say he's probably one of the, I would put him in the top 15, 20 greatest luchadors of all time just because of, you know, what he was able to do and what I what I found, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that I found on him while doing his bio, his obit, I thought, you know, he's really up there. And, you know, the reaction, not just of, of him being a great wrestler, I, a lot of people talk about what a wonderful uh, person he was, not just himself, but the entire Diaz family. Very well loved, well liked in the in the in the wrestling in, in business, not just in Lucha Libre in Mexico, but in the outside of Mexico. I know uh, Mike Tenay raved about how how wonderful the Viano family was. The time I spoke to him, um, there's been other wrestlers who have talked about how good the Vianos have been ha, were towards them, how they treated them. Um, there were a lot of wrestlers who talked about how you know they helped them out whenever that you know most veterans were guys who didn't really provide any you know help. They were guys who were always willing to help out, and um, you know he, you know he was a he was he was a star. Like by the late seventies, he was already a guy who was, like, you know, being groomed as the as as a future you know superstar. Like, you know, when he started out, you know, the the entire family was part of the 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 you know the Arena Mexico EMLL promotion. Um, so he was basically going to start barely about to start off as. Um, as part of that, you know, that promotion. And around the same time, his father, Ray Mendoza, he, he was having issues with, um, EMLL with the, with the loot, with Salvador Luteroth. Um, the, the direction at that point, Salvador Luteroth was basically getting out of, um, he was basically like stepping back from running the promotion full time. And he was going to get like, he was going to give more, more power for, um, you know, his, his son, um, and, and, you know, Paco Alonso, who now, Who's still part of who still is in power um he was going to give more power to other people and ray mendoza kind of didn't feel that he didn't agree with that and at the same time the people that were getting power were going to start phasing you know phasing out some of the older stars you know like ray mendoza and some of the other guys so what ended up happening was ray mendoza um carloff lagarde 
and I think it was Karloff Lagarde and Rene Guajardo and a couple of other wrestlers, including the the Suns, the the Vianos. Vian, I think Viano three at that point was already going to be was already starting up as Viano three. The first the first three Vianos, not the other two. The two were still weren't wrestling, and I think there were a couple of other wrestlers. They ended up joining up with um, Benjamin Mora and um, a couple of other promoters, and they started. You know, they create the, they That's when they start the independence, the independence, or as most of us know it, UWA, Lucha Libre Internacional, um, El Torreo, um, however you want to call it. That's what it was. Or um, Benjamin Mora Promotions, Mora Promotions. It's it that became the big, that became what became the big promotion in the 1980s where they would sell out venues within a, a distance of each other on, on, a, on, on one night they would hold or one day they would hold two shows, you know, a, a, a day show and an evening show and they would sell out thousands of people would attend. And basically by the late seventies, Viano three was one of the young guys that was basically groomed to be the next superstar. So they actually had him like headline the smaller arenas um, he was feuding with El Signo at that point, and they were basically like the two guys who were, they sold out some of the smaller buildings, and they they were just surprised because these smaller buildings weren't getting big crowds for like the, the bigger stars. They were getting it for these two guys. By the eight, by I think by 1980, he was already, Viano 3 was already like a, a main event guy. Um, he's had a lot of uh, memorable feuds in El Torreo against the likes of Pedro Guayo, Fishman, El Signo, as I mentioned, um, Pegasus Kid, that was later in his career, Chris Benoit. You know, it was funny because I was I was reading the Super Luchas interview and he kind of said that, he actually said that of all the wrestlers he faced, the best he ever wrestled was um, Benoit. He said, but unfortunately, we can't really talk about that now because of the, the circumstances of his passing. I think most of us, most wrestling fans today, remember Viano 3 more for his feud with Atlantis in 2000, in 1999 through 2000, which ended with the big mask match at the, at the verse, I think it was the 2000 Dos Leyendas, March 17th, 2001, um, 2000, where Atlantis was basically the guy who represented EMLL, Arena Mexico, versus Viano 3, one of the last big stars from El Toreo, and they had the big mask match, one match of the year for um for the observer which is very rare for a lucha match to win that really one of the classic matches and i think that at that point you would think he would have been a a, a shoe in for the observer hall of fame he he's still not in that everybody thinks he's probably going to get in now that he's passed away because there's always that death bump even if you just look at that that's enough to make it like him a, a valuable hall of fame guy but what you see from him from the 80s, and I think a lot of people go because, oh, there's not enough footage of it. But I mean, the guy was a top draw. He was the main eventer in El Toreo during a period when they were getting 10,000 or above on a weekly basis. And it wasn't just one show that they were doing on, on a daily, you know, on, on like, they might do like a Sunday, like a Sunday afternoon show and then a Sunday evening show, or they would actually have two shows in two different cities and they would draw really well. And I mean, with a split cruise, that, that was... He was somebody that was there, and I think, I and you know, you look at what he what he's done. He won 105 hair matches. He believes um, that's the belief. And if you look at the, just the the ones that we know for sure that he won, I mean, there's still a lot, and there's a lot of big names that he beat for their hair and mask. Also, um, he believes he won 140 mask, which 
you know, that's, I would think a lot of those are probably like matches that weren't, um, you know, kind of like more of the independent level or, or local stars that he beat in mass matches where they, they you know, the, the star, the star caliber guys that he was in there with. And it, it's the shame. I think if he would have retired by 2002, I think people would have viewed him at a different, in a different way, kept going on. And I think he had one heart attack, I think sometime in 2011 might've been his first heart attack or the one that we, we can confirm because at that point it was noticeable because his, his, um, his, the way he talked was was that of um, having suffered a heart attack. He never recovered from that. I, a lot of in, his interviews that he actually did afterwards were basically him talking that way. And it's unfortunate because he probably should have been somebody that people should have interviewed before he started suffering um, health issues because he had a lot. He's got a great history of um, what he could have told us about pro, about his um, career and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I think he would have retired earlier. Um, he would have been somebody that would have been remembered a little differently. A lot of people's, vi- you know, viewed him more as he gotten older, and they don't see him as they don't see him the same way that maybe some of us who saw him when, when he was in his prime in the '80s or even in the '90s. Um, he had a terrific feud with Rambo in El Toreo, and then um, AAA brought it back, and he had a feud there. He wrestled everywhere. I mean, Japan. He was a, one of the top rivals for Tiger Mask, um, Gran Hamada. Basically, the WWF light heavyweight title, which was never a big title in the United States, but it was in in, in Mexico and in and for and mainly in Mexico, really, was made for Gran Hamada. It ended up being Gran Hamada, Paraguayo, Viano Three. All these guys were involved in that. Just a lot of great stuff. Fishman, another great feud that he had with him. Yeah, you know, it's 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 unfortunate that that we don't have all that footage, uh, but but little we have, I, I think you could see how good he was. That run he had with Atlantis was amazing. I think that probably would have been, I think that should be enough where you just have some really good memories. And like I said, you know, I really like the way they they honored him in both CML and AAA. They they allowed the family to all be there. I think in, in CML, they also had Ray Mendoza um, Jr., who's Viano 5 and Viano 4, were there in attendance and their sons were also there. So I thought that was a cool, a cool, um, a cool little way to like, uh, like honor Viano three and hopefully I mean I I was hoping that maybe like both his sons would end up wrestling a little more. Viano three Jr. is actually getting work in AAA and he's actually pretty good. And I would like to see Viano three wrestle in CMLL. I mean I don't know if he's I've seen him on indie shows and he's actually pretty good on the indie shows. But I would worry. I I don't think they want to bring him in and have him work openers and stuff like that. They got to bring him in and actually at least immediately place him like in the third, third or fourth match because. You know, or somewhere in there with the Audaz and Templario, because if he's in there in the bottom, he's going to be stuck there forever, and it's kind of, it's just going to be him like wondering what's next. He's got to be somebody that they, when they bring him in, they got to bring him in at the right time, and I don't know, I don't know when the right time is, just because with CMLL you never know. And but you know, like I said, Viano three, a legend, somebody that really, I mean, if if you've not, if you've not read the obit I wrote. Um, I recommend reading it. I, I really enjoyed writing it. It's unfortunate, like I said, it's always it's always after somebody passes away that that get that something gets written or gets researched properly. But um, yeah, you know, I found a lot of cool pictures of him in in, in in magazines. I found one. The one I used on the on the obit was from 1979. I didn't want to have just him like all scarred up and stuff. There has to be like at least one person that remembers him before that all happened. That was that was the, the the. It seems like every every couple of like month or so we lose somebody and it's it's unfortunate. We got to continue on with 
What's next? The big anniversary show. So CMLL announced the the 85th anniversary show lineup. It wasn't what it wasn't what everyone was expecting, but it's what we got. And it's, you know, it's it's a pretty, I think it's pretty much like a, a regular Friday show lineup, like a really good Friday show lineup, but it doesn't come across like an anniversary level type of show. Let's run down the, the, the lineup. The opening match is going to be a women's trios match. Princesa Suhey, Marcela, and La, La Jarochita versus Reina Isis, Dallas, and La Maligna. Maligna is usually a Technica, so she's working with the the Rudas. Um, I think it's because she's probably going to. I think she's, I think she's going to um, Japan soon, so they probably wanted to feature one of the the women on this show, one of the two younger women, either Maligna or uh, Mystique, and they end up with Maligna. This really just comes across like a very, you know, about the same usual women's trios match. I could it could be good, you know, it could be a good opener. It might not be. I don't have high expectations for this match. It's you figured there was gonna be a women's match on the card. I don't think they were gonna do La Jarochita versus Reina Isis in a mass match this soon, but they could probably use this to kind of start building that up if they really want to go to that for next year or for you know a Dos Leyendas or some other show or the year end show or something. They could use this for the to catapult that. Overall, I'm not that excited about the opening match. The second match is. Niebla Roja and Ángel de Oro teaming up with El Audaz going against Negro Casas, Felino, and Mephisto. Originally announced for this match was Mr. Niebla, but Mr. Niebla on a recent Tuesday show showed up in no condition to wrestle, had one of those really bad performances that he's known for where he's basically just comes, you know he's not in good form. He's it even got worse because they ended the match in like two minutes, and Volador Jr. removed his mask and ran out of the ring, ran out of the building, um, upset, very visibly upset. So you knew Mr. Nebla was going to get suspended, and I think he's suspended once again. Um, he got pulled off of other indie shows as well during the week after that that um, that incident. So Mephisto takes his spot. I would have preferred if they would have had Templario or Tiger or Echicero on this. Just because I think it would have been cool to have Aldas versus somebody like that. But, you know, Mephisto um, and Nero Casas teamed up recently and did pretty well with it when they teamed up with Echicero. So, you know, that's 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 that should be a good um, match. It might be one of the better matches on the show. The third match is Mystico, Atlantis, and Soberano Jr. versus Sanson, Cuatrero, and Forastero. La Nueva Generación Dinamita. Um, this... I think it could be a good match um, if Atlantis is basically just there to do the big spots that people are are going to be accustomed to, you know, are accustomed to seeing him do the Atlantida or coming in and like doing a babyface comeback or something. I think the Dinamitas are good enough to like have a good match with these guys. With Atlantis, they've been working with him for a while now. Um, Sobrano Jr. is good, really good. Mystico, you know, he's good in trios matches. So I think this should be an, an okay match. Um, I'm not expecting it to be like a standout match. Uh, I think there's really only, I think there's, there really isn't this a match on this card where I think it's going to be the standout match of the year type of candidate. Um, the main event might be that, but um, even that might not be at that level. But, you know, it should be a good match. Um, the fourth match is the one match that I think everyone's worried about. It's the girls, Laguneros. Ultimo Girl, Grand Girl, and Euphoria defending the CML World Trios titles against Clan Chaos, Cyber the Main Man, The Chris, and Charlie Rockstar. And this match 
if it's anything like the previous matches, it's gonna be horrible. They've had so they've had a, they had one match that was passable, but everything else has been really bad. Um, it's just it just doesn't work well. They try Clan Chaos tries, but the I think I think for this show it kind of it just doesn't it's not like your big a big match on an anniversary. This doesn't this doesn't come across well. I don't see this. It's it's not it's not something that people are going to go out of their way to watch. I actually think the show probably doesn't have anything that people are going to really go out of their way to watch. As far as like, you know, if it's on iPay-Per-View, and we haven't even, they haven't even announced if it's on iPay-Per-View. Um, there, I don't, I still don't think there's anything that's strong enough on this show. The semi-main event is LA Park teaming up with Hijo de LA Park and Caristico versus King Phoenix, Penta Cero M, and Diamante Azul. I think this match probably would have been a little stronger if it had somebody other than Hijo de Ali Park and Diamante Azul. I think those two guys are like the weak links. They probably could have done the tag match, but since the main event is a tag match, they probably that's probably why they couldn't do it. Um, I think Dragon Lee would have been somewhere on this card. It, he would have either been in this the fifth match or he probably would have been the in the third match. One of those two matches he would have been in. I mean, or the honestly, I think they changed the entire lineup at that at at some point. I think they must must have had like three or four different ideas of what the lineup was going to be, and this was the one that they ended up with. Um, this could be actually the semi main might actually be good if um, LA Park and Caristico and Phoenix and Penta all come in working hard. Um, Hijo de LA Park and Diamante Azul, they're okay enough where they could actually have a, a, a be in a good trios match. So I don't think it's going to be that that um, it's not going to be a huge issue. Um, but you know, like I said, it's underwhelming. And the other thing is, I think a lot of people are going to watch this, and they're going to see the LA Park, and I think the crowd is going to react very negatively towards the main event because they're going to see LA Park in the same in the main event, and they're probably going to start doing saying, you know, they're going to start some chant where they want LA Park in the main event, and it didn't happen. Um, the main event: Volador Jr. and Matt Taven versus Rush and Barbara Carvanara in a hair match, double hair match. Well, yeah, you know, it's not. It's not the match people wanted. Everyone wanted Ali Park versus Rouge. They, they ended up with this. And everybody came up with a bunch of excuses. CMLL, Rouge, LA Park. I, actually, Rouge wasn't as, didn't come up with that huge, huge of an excuse. It was more him saying, you know, I, what can I do? It's LA Park or, or CMLL's fault. But yeah, there was a lot of people hoping it would be LA Park versus Rouge. That didn't happen. Instead, we're getting, you know, this tag match. I think this tag match will, will be good. I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to be horrible. But all four of these guys have proven that they could have good matches. I think there's going to be some enough heat for this, but unfortunately, like I said, I think there's I I think there's a little they should be a little concerned that LA Park is in the same main event and that might take away from the this match um, as it starts. So these guys are going to have to do it's pretty much going to end up being like what what Sombra and Volador Jr had to do where they had to win over the fans and they had a hard time doing that when everybody was expecting Atlantis versus Ultimo Guerrero and they got that match instead and I think this is going to happen with this as well only because Ali Parks in the semi main event and people wanted to see that. I think this is the the one guy who wins out in this is probably Gar- Barbaro Carvernario who just automatically moves up into like a a different level. He's not just a, a main event, occasional main event guy. I think this become, puts him there. You know, he's he's on the next level. I think they could have. I think Volador Jr. made the comment that he would have preferred a singles match, a singles hair match. I think it would have been fine. Him versus Rouge or him versus Carvernar in a singles match. Um, I don't think Taven's hair is that is that um that big of a a prize, and but I actually think they're probably the more likely side to. I think Volador Jr. and 
and Matt Taven are more likely to lose just because you could get, you're still going to get, if you have Roosh or, and Carvernario lose, you're suddenly losing out on the Roosh LA Park match that could have happened. Nobody's going to care at that point afterwards. Um, it's not going to be as big of a deal. And I think both Roosh and Carvernario, you could actually build some other hair match at some point later, not just this year, but down the road next year or down the road even further. Whereas Volador Jr. and Matt Taven, I think Volador Jr., you know, in two years, his hair will grow again. Um, Taven's hair isn't that, he doesn't have that much. He's got, his hairstyle is a little more, um, it's kind of like Sam Adonis where he, he was only, he only had like the middle part and had like a crew, like crew cut kind of hair. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's um, the anniversary. I think everybody, like I said, everybody wanted Roosh versus LA Park. I think this, this anniversary is really missing a singles match. I think they should have added, they should have gone salmon matches, added us another singles match. And, um, they had recently, they've had recently a couple of title matches. This would have been a nice place where they could have thrown in the Echicero Stuka Jr. title match with a title switch. They could have had Titan versus Mephisto. They could have had Caristico versus Ultima Girl. Of course, that probably would have not happened because the Clan Chaos versus Girls Laguneros. But at least there was that slight chance you could have gotten rid of that match entirely. One of those matches, or they could have done a stip match. You know, they could have split this tag match into two singles matches. That would have been fine. Um, I think this that's that's the one downfall, I think, out of this whole um, anniversary where I just don't think it's not strong enough. I don't think even the un- the undercard isn't loaded up enough to make up for the main event. It's a very underwhelming lineup. I'm very disappointed in CMLL and what they came up with. Um, you know, there's they've had far better um, shows. The Nero Casas anniversary, anniversary show had a better lineup. I think the Grand Prix in, in October is going to have a better lineup. They have had better lineups earlier in the year. I actually think Angel Doro and Cuatrero would have been a better <laughs> main event for the anniversary than what they're doing in this one. This, to me, the the, the hair match, double hair match, feels more like a Dos Leyendas type of main event. Um, so, you know, it's 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 underwhelming. And, you know, now with Impact having those TV tapings and putting prices that are kind of pretty reasonably low, I wouldn't be shocked if you see more people go and attend. Um, but I don't think it's going to affect the anniversary attendance the anniversary attendance is going to be you know no matter who what other things are going on if it's low it's because of how poor the lineup is if it does well it's because people actually think they just want to go for an anniversary i don't think it's impact isn't going to make this huge dent in that i think i think it's it's really more about the about the the lineup than anything else like i said very underwhelming at least you know they they replaced mr niebla which uh, I wish we could have replaced the entire clan chaos, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Um, so that's your anniversary show. In other CMLL news, CML announced the Grand Prix team internet team on world members. They also announced that the Grand Prix would be happening on Friday, October fifth. Um, team World will consist of David Finley from New Japan, Mark Briscoe, and Jay Briscoe from Ring of Honor. Flip Gordon from Ring of Honor, Dark Magic from the Independence and IWRG. Julio Cesar Rivera claimed that he had been a former WWE and ROH wrestler. None of us have found any information on him. Um, it's possibly could have been like in some sort of um, you know training with them or something, but you know I did not find any information on him. Um, all I know about him is he wrestled in IWRG recently, which usually is a, when it's a foreign guy showing up and working in IWRG. Usually, there's good odds that they might end up in end up appearing in CML at some point. Michael Algen from New Japan will also be on the on Team World. Okumura from CMLL, 
and the eighth member will be the newest member of CML's roster. I think he's pretty much joined the promotion. The man formerly known as El Mesías, also known as Mil Muertes. Well, he's still known as Mesías and Mil Muertes. But in CML, he will be known as Gilbert El Boricua. Or as they say it in Spanish, Gilbert El Boricua. But it is Gilbert to us because it's easier for us to say Gilbert El Boricua. Pretty interesting team world. Last year's team had a couple, a lot of guys that weren't really that interesting, like Sam Adonis and um, Johnny Idol. Actually, Sam Sam gets a lot of heat, so I, I shouldn't I shouldn't say that. He's actually somebody who actually was getting a lot of um, the crowd was really behind him. Uh, but Johnny Idol was very underwhelming, and um, this group, at least, I think the, this group, the one question mark as to how good he is or how bad he is or what he is in the ring is Dark Magic. Nobody's seen him, Russell. Um, nobody knows what he can do in the ring. At least. He's not as familiar. We're not familiar with him, but you know the rest of the guys are. I think they're pretty good. I mean, David Finley, the Briscoes were very impressive in their CML debut. Finley is, you know, I I've seen him work in New Japan and he looked pretty good also. Uh, Flip Gordon, I think this is cool for Flip Gordon because he was he was in Mexico last year when um, the earthquake hit, and he never he I think he might have got one Arena Mexico show or maybe not even that or an Arena Coliseo, and. The rest of the time, he wrestled primarily in Guadalajara. So I think it's kind of cool that he kind of gets at least to work Arena Mexico for a big show. Um, Elgin has basically been one of the most, um, one of the guys who's really been very impressive in these Grand Prix. Um, he's also, he also did it for um, for Elite. He's the Elite champion, by the way. He, he should probably be the guy who's in AAA at some point. I think it's good for Elgin. I mean, I think he has, um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a dark cloud over him because of the stuff that's going on with him in the United States. With um, really, you if if you don't know about it, it's just go on so on uh, just Google search it. Uh, I'm sure you'll find all that information. But like I said, in Mexico, people don't really like. I mean, if if a guy's a good wrestler, that's all they care about. They don't really focus on the other stuff, which you know is an unfortunate thing in some in many ways, but also helps a lot of the you know guys who maybe want a second chance there's always that possibility in, in, in Mexico and I think this is something that Al, Algin should, should consider because you know if he can't get work in in um, in the United States he could always get some appearances in Mexico there's a lot of promoters who in Mexico who have no problem booking guys like that you know and I don't I'm not saying that in, in a way where I'm defending it or anything I'm just saying it as something that's realistic and happens I have no opinion on that. I mean, you know, people want to book him. If you don't want to attend a show, you don't want to watch a show because of a of a certain wrestler's, um, you know, you know, personal situation. By all means, you have your right to do it. If you want to, if you don't care, you have that right also. But it's like I don't, I you know. It's it's like I said from a from a from a wrestling perspective of like somebody wanting to get a second chance. That might be something he should consider. You know, Okumura's in this match. You know, uh, you know somebody has to get. It. I'm hoping he's the first one eliminated because everybody else, else, him and Dark Magic. I don't know. Like Dark Magic, I have no idea. He could be good. I don't know. Gilbert, this is a good way for him to like maybe build himself up in in the eyes of CML. He came in the right time. I mean, Marco's Marco leaving and not being not and you know vacating the CML World Heavyweight Title. I think this is a a good way for Gilbert to um to join the promotion and who knows maybe he's in the mix for that title it's kind of interesting because right now there's a lot of different guys that could go for that title you know between gilbert 
um, LA Park, I don't think he would win the title. Diamantes will, unfortunately. You know, Rouge, Terrible, Cranio. Maybe they could get Elgin to like be in the tournament. Um, you don't know. Like it, it should be. But this this Sam um, Grand Prix, I mean, it's always like something that's very um, fun to watch because it's very patriotic. It's going to be interesting to see who um, who's on Team U- um, Team Mexico. I would venture to guess you're going to get like all the star names like Ultimo Guerrero, Rouge, Volador Jr., probably Caristico, Mystico. Um, I think the one quite interesting thing will be if they add LA Park, Penta, and Phoenix to this. I don't know. I haven't checked their schedules or anything, but you know it would be interesting if they were part of the mix because if they brought those guys in, this this would be really loaded. I think they're probably waiting for Dragon Lee to see if he'll be available. That that reality series is really like putting a, it's really like bumming me out because we could have had Dragon Lee work a lot of interesting things. Actually, probably you know a handful of things, but it's like he hasn't been there, so it's like he's missed out on working with Penta, uh, Phoenix when they've worked trios matches in CMLL. So, you know. It's hopefully he makes it for this um, for, in time for this thing. Also on that Grand Prix show, Kaho, Kaho Kobayashi will be making her return to CMLL. And um, Julio Cesar Rivera said that she's going to be back and she might be there for extended trip. You know, that's that she's she's good. She's she's a she's good. I, I look forward to seeing what she could do again. She was impressive the last time she was in CML. So hopefully she um, she continues and isn't and doesn't get bored of working those nonstop trios matches. Um, there was a lot of interesting stuff going on in CML. Um, they basically had Hechicero. He um, he had a match relampago with Valiente that was really good on Friday, August 10th. And then that followed up the following um, Tuesday. He lost the NWA World Histor- Historic Light Heavyweight title to Stuka Jr. He had just defended against Daniels like the the a couple, like two weeks earlier. So Christopher, so it's like, this was surprising, but I think if you're if you're the best way to like know if there's going to be a title change in CML is just notice um, the ta- the champions and assume there's going to be a universal tournament coming up at any point, and they just have to even up the numbers. So we've had a lot of technicals like starting to like you had Volador Jr. win his title back, and you know of course we had Caristico beating Ultimo Guerrero for the NWA World Historic Middleweight Title on August 21st in Guadalajara. Um, that match hasn't made. Um, I think it's. I think it made a handheld, but it's not on. Um, it didn't make television. The Guadalajara TV that um, Cubs fan records. But yeah, you know, Stuka Junior versus Echicero was good. Both matches with Echicero, the one with Valiente and the one with Stuka Junior, were both very good. Um, Echicero, like I said, Echicero, somebody who should be, you know, he should be somebody who's like a main event guy in Simon. For whatever reason, they they really don't. Um, they kind of have him in the back end, the like the like in the middle of the card and. It, it it it's it's it makes no sense. Other matches that were really interesting on August Friday, August seventeenth, Forastero and Aldas had a really good match for Lampago. Um, Forastero won, but it was really good. And there was actually uh, that was the the show that Okada made his CMLL debut, where he teamed up with Nero Casas and Ultimo Guerrero to beat Diamante Azul, Mystico, and Valiente. Um, I think the match when it was announced, people were really bummed about it because they wanted an Okada singles match and they didn't see the the technical side kind of like match properly with Okada but that was a really good trios match um, Casas, Okada and Ultimo Guerrero made a fun trio they were a really cool tri- Rudo trio and they worked well with these guys right after um, Okada got the win Diamante Azul like uh, charged at him and like 
they they exchanged like forearms and and Diamante still was really like just laying them in and Okada was totally confused had no idea what was going on his reaction until like everybody else like kind of looked over at Diamante Azul. I think Diamante Azul is just trying to get booked in New Japan and thinks that by by building up a, a rivalry with one of the Japanese guys coming in that that's going to lead to it to happening. But unfortunately, probably won't. Um, fortunately, probably won't for for the New Japan fans. Unfortunately, for those of us in um, who watch CMLL because he's he's getting more show, he's appearing more often because um, he he did it uh, um, this past weekend when. Um, Naito was in with with the uh, Incorporables de Japón were in um in CMLL. Um, other stuff. Mephisto beat Titan to retain the CML World Welterweight title on Tuesday, August twenty eighth. Good match, usual good match. Not as good as the previous match, but you know they're always gonna have matches. Like I said, I think this is something they could have done on on the anniversary. One of these singles matches would have been perfectly fine. Would have built up a technical in the eyes of fans. Unfortunately, CML doesn't see it that way. The August 31st show was where um, we got the Ingobernables de Japón uh, making their return to CMLL. But before that, there were re- really nothing much was going on on this show. The Dinastia Casas beat Nuevo Generación Dinamita. And this was actually probably the best match on the show. Um, the Dinastia Casas, which had Felino, Nero Casas, and Tiger. Tiger looked really good. I think Tiger really needs to start getting pushed. Um, unfortunately, you know, his brother left. So, and, you know, CML just randomly pushes, elevates guys and then has them lower again. So, you know, I hope he gets an opportunity. Matt Taven beat Carvinario in a singles match. Volador Jr. and Roosh were very much involved in this match, in the finish. Um, they were the seconds in this match. I thought the match was okay. I don't, I don't, I just don't, I don't know if Taven's at that level of um, where he's, you know, like I said, they were not, you're not, you, it's amazing the guys that's that that Mexico gets that kind of they push at stars and they're able to pull it off. I mean, because you know, if you think about the stars of Lucha, of Lucha Libre from the you know American side, they're not guys who are big names in the United States. They're guys who are pretty much like just looking for either to get a second chance in their careers or were guys who had to build up their um their careers or they were guys who were pretty much you know just journeymen or. Or uh, mid card guys, or you know guys who weren't really the the, the biggest names in their own promotion. Um, you know, Fabuloso Blondi wasn't like this huge. You know, he was basically a guy who was more of a territory star. You know, territory territory mid card guy worked a lot of different places. Who else? Art Bar. You know, he was basically a guy who was like in trouble in the United States and and ended up in Mexico and became a huge star. Um, you know, you get a lot of the guys like that. You know, Marco was a guy who was, you know was basically let go by WWE was a, you know, he was a guy who had some potential and, you know, he went to Mexico and made a lot, made a bigger name for himself, became a star and he, he really adapted well to the style. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate that he's retired, but you know, he's, he's at that age. He's in that, you know, 40 ish range. I think he understands because he comes from the, the, the U S side of, um, you know, the wrestling side here in the United States where guys, a lot of guys weren't reaching for their 40s, you know, 50s, barely reaching the 40s, not even reaching their 50s. So I think him with a young family, a new, a, a young wife and, a, and a, a baby, another son, it's like, I think he kind of wants to spend more time with them. And he knows, he knows the the risk of being, of extending his career for a longer time in wrestling. At some point he was going to come, he, he was going to 
stop. He has it, it hasn't been a secret. He's pretty much said that he was gonna he was gonna call it call it a career sometime in in the next two three years, and he's done it. You know, um, good for him. Um, wish him the best. I think he's I think he's gonna be missed. I think people are, are what he did in, in CML. CML was like a lot better than um, he gets credit for because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of technicals who become popular with the crowd and you know it's another loss for CML they've they've lost a lot of um, talent in the past couple of months you know Marco Puma King Zuxis it's kind of hit them at different levels the main event spot at the mid card spot and then at the at the at, at the women's division it seems like the micro stars are the only ones that are, haven't had been hit yet on that show also we had the Volador Jr LA Park and Diamante Azul. I think they beat Rush, Naito, and Bushi, who were w- accompanied by their valet, Evil. Um, all the Ingobernables were there, well, the ones that were in Mexico, and they were able to get some pick group shots. Um, this match wasn't very good, honestly. I didn't think it was good at all. I would have, if you're looking for something to watch from that show, watch the Dinastia Casas versus NGD match and Matt Taven versus Carvernario. And I think if you're an, an Ingobernables de Japón fan, you might want to watch this. But if not, you could skip it. It wasn't that good. I mean, I kind of think that they're losing a lot of steam on the Rouge LA Park um, feud by switching it over to the other guys. And those other guys aren't really what the fans want to see against Rouge, Volador Jr., I mean. So yeah, that was um, that's what's been happening with um, CML. The other news, um, Cranio's, um added a new member. Actually, he's starting the Gorillas del Ring. He's been talking about that for the this since turning technical and feuding with Roosh earlier in the year. And he's finally added his first member who is coming in as Volcano, who used to be Warrior Steel Jr. Um, big dude. He still, I think when he was Warrior Steel Jr., he still looked pretty green in the ring. And I think now being this character, it's probably going to take a little bit more time for him to like, like develop. But they get, they did win their first, um, their first time teaming together. They won in Puebla. So that's another one that's happened. And, that's about all the CML news for this um, for this for this episode. Impact TV tapings in Mexico on September thirteenth and the fourteenth, where that was announced. Um, they've already announced the ticket prices for the two shows um, between two hundred and twenty, I think two hundred and twenty or two hundred sixty pesos, and six hundred and sixty pesos. So that's like about between eleven dollars thirty five cents and I think thirty four dollars US. So those are pretty affordable shows. Um, they've also announced that Phoenix and Penta will be on the sh- on those shows. Phoenix and Penta said they will also be on the anniversary show. So on the CML anniversary show. So CML anniversary is happening during the second, the same day that the second tape set of tapings for Impact is happening. So I guess we're gonna find out w- what will happen with Penta and Phoenix that day because you know everybody's kind of confused if they're gonna be able to work both shows. It's actually close enough where they could work both shows, but. There's a lot of people who don't think that um, that they would be on the. There's enough. They would be on the Friday tapings of Impact to um, go against CML's anniversary show. But you know, today's wrestling. You never know what's going on. Other news: a group of promotions, primarily made up of IWRG, Lucha Memes, Lucha Libre Boom, Promociones Noba, Play Sports, MDA, Generación 21. GCC and Torta Super Astro all had held a press conference to announce that they were forming a super um, group called PAL, Promotores Asociados de Lucha Libre. Um, this is basically, 
what they're basically trying to do is like kind of put together like all their ideas and all their um what they what each one of them is good at and put it into one group so that everybody can actually succeed and have a better um you know make wrestling be- make lucha libre better and a lot of the some of the promoters that are younger get to learn from some of the older guys like the IWRG promoters or or you know some of the guys who've been doing it a little longer they're also going to share talent you know like since each of these promotions runs in different parts of um Mexico so they're basically getting all this stuff to like help the talent share talent you know if there's an issue with another promoter they can all join together and like tell people not to they won't recommend that promoter um, they've also talked about running shows together, and they actually ran a show recently in uh, Arena Nacalpan, where they actually had um, everybody a repres- They had different representatives from all the groups. It's it's an interesting thing. I mean, we've seen groups do this. I know the AMLL group out of um, the Torreon Coahuila area. They do that also. Um, there's a, they have about six different promoters. You basically have Arena Azteca, Arena Lobo. Uh, God, there's like a bunch of other ones. Uh, Plaza de Toros, I think one of the Plaza de Toros is one. Um, there's basically four, four to five or six um, different arenas that are run, and they all share. They all share like they all have a similar situation, like what they, what this group is trying to do. So you know, I think it's it's possible it could work for everyone. Um, I don't think it. You know, when they were talking about what they wanted to do, it wasn't anything like, oh, we want to compete against the major promotions. They did say it afterwards. Like one of the promoters did kind of say that they kind of why not? Why can't we do it? But a lot of those promotions, they basically use talent from the two promotions that they're kind of well, especially from um, CMLL. IWRG is more about using. Um, they they'll rent out the prom- their building to um, AAA, but they've used AAA talent in the past too. So I think it's I think it's more of a. Let's work together, but let's not rock the boat on, you know, dealing with AAA and CMLL. One of the promoters said, hey, you know, CMLL couldn't pull off Rouge versus LA Park in a mass versus her match. Why can't we do it? It's 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 easy to say that, but... I, well, you know, the one of the groups, actually, I want to... Well, actually, several of those groups have had those type of matches, so can they, like, pony up the money and actually do it? Who knows? The other show I want to talk about that I actually watched this past weekend... Um, it took me a while just because there's so much wrestling going on throughout the weekend. Uh, CMLL, AAA, you know, All In, all these other indie promotions that were going on. Um, I didn't watch all of All In. I watched the I watched the main event. I think I found out it was the main event. I didn't know. I just saw the match itself. Um, it had Bandito, uh, Rey Mysterio, and Ray Phoenix versus the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi. I thought that was a great match from the All In show. I recommend people watching that if you haven't seen it. Really good. Really good um, 10, 11 minute match. Just a lot of crazy stuff that goes on in that match. And then there's like a cool moment where, where uh, Rey Mysterio and Kota Bushi are in the ring for the first time and the crowd really reacts to it. Um, I thought that was a really fun match. And Bandito, I mean, Bandito looks like a star. You know, he's he made the right decision. Eh, we say that every single time he wrestles. Like he made a good decision going independent instead of, you know, going where he could have, you know, he had a, he had a basically had a, a, a spot in cmll he's an ultimo girl guy so he would have definitely had a spot in cmll but that just because you have a spot in cmll doesn't cmll doesn't mean you're going to be a main eventer or if you're going to get pushed right away because we see a lot of guys you know the casas family puma and tiger they never got pushed and their 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 family's been with um, cml for the longest time so you know and there's been other guys that are that have been there that don't get that same opportunity um it's about i think he made the right decision and it showed in all in. He worked in front of a crowd that way over ten thousand people. So, you know, he made a good decision. He's he's working all these big shows on the 
outside of Mexico and also in Mexico too. So, you know, he's been, he, you know, I would say he's on this episode. I already talked about that ladder match that he was in for AAA. That was good. The all in match was good. And now in the Mexico wrestling August 4th show, he had a really good match, but I'm going to talk about this show. There's a two matches that didn't actually make um, the, I didn't see on the, I, I don't think they made it onto the, the, the video that was posted by Mas Lucha, which was the trios match of Aramis, Centurion, Latigo versus Ares, Eric Ortiz, and Mr. Iguana. I would have liked to have seen that, but it wasn't on there. And Tiger versus Metalion. I don't, I didn't think that made that also. What they did have was the Battle Royal, which actually had Nero Casas winning it. But getting to Nero Casas was a painful thing to watch because the rest of the, bar- the Battle Royal was awful, really boring. But, you know, Casas really, really delivered. And, the, the, you know, they did a good job of putting over Casas also. Following the Battle Royal that was won by Nero Casas uh, was Kira beating Lady Maravilla. They basically threw, like, confetti at, or some sort of paper that for, for when Casas won to celebrate his 40th anniversary. That was the same weekend that the that he celebrated for CMLL. Um, he was a surprise mem- participant in the Battle Royal. So they basically dropped confetti and it was, you could see it throughout the, the show. It would have been nice if they would have broomed it, you know, brought in a broom and like cleaned it up because it made it look, it made it look really messy. The poor women kept getting all those, all that paper stuck in their hair. Uh, but I thought the match was pretty good. Um, Kara beating Lady Maravilla. I'm not a, I'm not as big a fan as Lady of Lady Maravilla as, as some other people are. I think Kira is awesome, but Lady Maravilla, I still think she's um she's good, but I don't think she's like like her her the way she wrestles, her movement is really like it's still it's I'm not used to it. It's really weird. Um, Kira just is just a badass. So that's that was a cool that was the highlight. Kira. Um, after that, they had Titan beating the King Ray Phoenix. That was actually a really good match. Really enjoyed it. You know, this match, why haven't we seen this in CMLL? That would be something that they should do, and we don't get that. Every single, like I said, every time there's a really good singles match featuring, like, a CMLL guy, it's always on the independents. It's never, it's very rarely on on their own shows, you know, unless it's, like, one random match every so often. I mean, they got to do more of these and not just have them be the the title matches or, um, you know, the, the match Relampago, they got to do something every once in a while just to make it interesting. Um, after that match, um, the fourth match, Bandito and Flamita beating Steve Payne and Eterno. I thought this was really good. Bandito and Flamita are awesome. And Steve Payne and Eterno are really good opponents for them. Kudos to Eterno for having that cool um, mohawk. And uh, But, you know, overall, I thought this was a really good match. Bandito, again, Bandito and Flamita, again, showing how awesome they are. Really great in the ring. I I think I think this um a lot of craziness in this match and you know you could tell this was like a pro Flamita crowd cuz they were really behind him. Just a fun fun match. Um I think if that was the 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 mat, the mat I thought this this was going to be the match of the of the show, but actually to my surprise, I actually thought the main event Toxin beating Flystar in a mass match was really the best match on the card. And it's not even the type of match I really enjoy. It's it was very um it was lucha extrema. And very hardcore, a lot of like crazy bumps, a lot of stuff that, you know, you would think is dangerous. They use those um, chopsticks that uh, Masada and, and Pagano use a lot. They they use those, they stuck, I think it was Flystar who got him stuck on his head at one point. And then they um they did um, dives off of the, 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 the balcony, the second story, whatever that, you know, balcony portion of it. 
they did a couple of dives like that. I thought that was really cool. Um, dangerous, but you know, that's what these guys are going to do. It's not like, it's not like, it's not like anyone's going to tell them to stop doing it and they're going to listen. Odds are they're going to do it anyways. But um, I thought that was a really good match. It's probably one of the better matches I've seen this year too. So, you know, initially I was kind of like, eh, it was good. But then as it continued to build up, I thought it just kept building up to where I thought it was one of the better matches of the year. Um, Toxin and Flystar are really good. You know, if you're going to have a big match of the year, big mass match, I think that probably, w I think that probably was, was probably going to be the, I thought it was better than the, than the Triple Mania main event, honestly, uh, just because of the craziness that they were doing. Really good match. Uh, overall, I thought this show was really good. Like I said, I would probably skip the Battle Royal if you're really, if you're really like, uh, like trying to save time. That should be something that, I, I mean, Maslucha should have just clipped that and added the other two matches onto the show. But the rest of the show I thought was pretty good. Really fun. And like I said, it, I kind of wish we, we could see these guys. Like, this is the type of, it's cool. Like, now we actually get these guys. I mean, we get these guys actually working not just on independent shows, but we're now seeing them in, in the U.S. independent shows. And, you know, in CML and AAA, like guys like Bandito, Flamita, Titan, Ray Phoenix, Kira, Lady Maravilla, they're all all over the place. And you still get the, you know, the indie levels, the indie feel of a of an, an indie, of a show from Arena San Juan for the main event. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, like I said, it's it, it, the, and it was packed. The building was packed for this for this. So I'm pretty sure they were all there to see, to see the mass match more than anything else because they stayed for the man, that match. Usually, you could tell when somebody's like, if somebody's fed up with wrestling, they're gonna probably gonna leave at certain once they see their like the stars or whatever. And they stayed for this match, and that match was really good. Like I said, highly recommend it. I hope they add the other two matches at some point. I they might have. I don't know because they sometimes post individual matches. Yeah. So that's about it for this week. Thanks. Want to thank everyone for listening. I will probably be doing something on Patreon at some point. Sorry that I haven't been able to do anything. I've been busy. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And we will talk to you guys again soon.